The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's just, wherever you are, just lift up your hands and magnify him. Just adore, adore him. Is the reason why we're celebrating this season. His mercies are new every morning. There's no God like unto him who is worthy, worthy of our praise. Lord, we adore you. Take all the praise because you're the reason for this season. May your name be exalted. Worshipped and glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Just a quick housekeeping, some quick announcements, and then thereafter um, we just have to share what we have to share this morning. Um, Choir, don't go here because I think I have a song I need to sing. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. Next Sunday is, next Friday rather, no, Saturday. Is it Saturday? Friday. Is 24th. Okay, Sunday is 20th, Saturday. We're going to be having um, Christmas carol. We're going to be having Christmas carol. It's going to be a wonderful time in the presence of God. The reason why we're celebrating this season is because of Christ. Because of him, therefore, we have to do what? We have to come and celebrate him. And celebrate his goodness, his mercies, and his love over our lives. And I believe that our lives will not be the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus. And it's going to be a wonderful time in the presence of God as well. Um, now today, at the end of service, I'd like those of us who are here, please present. So please wait behind. We're going to be doing some distribution around the neighborhood. Um, we'll have some Christmas gift that we need to just go out. So please wait behind. And the members of the evangelism team will pair up. So I think we'll break up into two groups. And we'll just quickly go. Within 10, 15 minutes, we'll drop off the items in our neighborhood. And we'll be ready to go. Um, I think the last announcement that I have here has to do with um, volunteers. We need volunteers for um, two groups. Grace Foundation. How many people have heard of Grace Foundation before? Only two people. One, two, three, four. Now, Grace Foundation is, is, is a non-for-profit organization that uh, is being run by the church. And the intent is, is to be able to reach out and be a blessing 
There are many people within the community and outside of our community who uh, needs help. And uh, they need volunteers who will help them in the administrative leg of the work. Um, and I think their team is transforming lives and they're restoring hopes. And I want to believe God that God will use the foundation to be a point of reference and a point of blessing to many around our world in the mighty name of Jesus. So please, if you'd like to be part of the administrative um, team, part of the advisory team of that foundation, I think they need um, some volunteers to assist them. Um, you can see other Sister Angela at the end of service, or you can see uh, Sister Sarah. Sister Angela was there before, I don't know. Okay, she's somewhere there. Um, you can see Sister Angela, that's Sister Angela there. The lady with the pinkish... Oh, purple, purple, uh, sorry. Some of us are color. <laughs> Let me not say blend, because we are color. Eyes are open in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And I also need volunteers for the um, sanitation team. Now, because we have a larger facility, by reason of having the new flame center, it means a double work for them. So please, just in case you want to volunteer your time, I think they meet other Fridays or Saturday mornings. You can see uh, Sister Yabo or call her up, and um, she'll be able to give you an idea of what time they do meet. And I think the last thing I'd like to do is that from January 1 to this very day, there are people in-house who have labored, who have sacrificed their time, who have spent their resources, who have spent so much to make the work here functional. Work here functional. There are people who are watching these services online, but there are people who come in day in, day out, just to ensure that we get the services streamed. There are people who practice every week. Sometimes once, sometimes more than once, just to ensure that this service gets to you and I. There are people who come in to clean. There are people who stand in the course of the service ensuring that things are organized and things are functional. There are people who come in on a Sunday to Sunday basis who teach our children not only that after Sunday service like this, they also hook up online on the Zoom platform to be able to teach our children. And I'd like to say a big thank you to all the workers, all the volunteers in the house. Those that are serving in the choir, like the people at, at my back, the Lord bless you richly in the mighty name of Jesus. For the sacrifices you pay, for those in the technical team, COVID or no COVID, you're there. You're there all season. We'd like to appreciate you. Members of the media team would like to appreciate you and thank you deeply and warmly and richly. And the ushers, the Lord bless you richly. Members of the sanitation team, many of you, you know, you, you labor, you know, off, offline. You know, I like this kind of labor that is offline. You don't see them. You don't see them. And do you know that some of the, some, most times, those things that are done in the secret have more value than the things that are done in the open. The scripture tells us that the things that have greater value. For instance, you see my eyes, right? You see my head. Somebody may think that the head is more important. But puncture the heart and everything is gone. If you puncture the head, maybe I can see carry a scar. You know? But puncture the heart, which is not seen. There are many people that are you know, walking behind the scene. You know, in, in, in protocol, in new guests, in visitation, in communication department, in transportation department, and on and on in accounts department, 
who labor toilessly to ensure that this work gets functional and gets done. The Lord sees you. The Lord sees your work. The Lord sees your effort. And may the Lord bless you richly. In the mighty name of Jesus. But from the depths of my heart, I just want to say thank you. Not only that, there are people who have been faithfully giving to this work. Now, some people have made it as a point of commitment that, look, hey, I'm going to give my resource. I'm going to give my time as well. Um, people have been giving faithfully. Through the week, people give. Um, people give on-site. The Lord sees your gifts. Mehida sees your gift. Who is a just rewarder of people, reward you abundantly. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, without your faithful giving, the truth is that, can you imagine one day we, they say we can't afford to pay mortgage? What will happen? They just put a lock there and say, okay, are you coming one day? Pastor, what happened? Church on holidays. <laughs> there, was, there, was a, there was a place I passed through once and then there was a signboard there, church on holidays. I say, ah, we cannot church is it that goes on holidays. But it's sometimes some people, some churches actually adjust their programs because they suddenly realize that they can't meet the bills anymore. And then they just say, hey, I think the best thing to do is to say, let's church on holidays. But that's not been our portion. God has been faithful. That's simply because many of you have committed yourself towards giving to this house. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord increase you. May the Lord enlarge you. 2022 for you shall be greater than the 2021. You shall be greater than all the years put together in the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Above all, the reason why we're celebrating this season is because of Christ. You and I are who we are today because of Christ walking in us. I don't know, can we ever ever repay Jesus for what he's done for us? Have you ever thought about it? It's difficult to. There's a song that we used to sing and I'd like to sing it again. We can't repay him, but there's something we can do that can bring him appreciation. There's a song that we used to sing back in the days that says, What shall I render? What shall I render? What shall I render to you? I will praise you, Lord. Shout hallelujah. What shall I render to you? What shall I what shall I render? Say what shall I I'd like you to stand to your feet and those of you watching online. I will shall I render to you. I give you glory. I give you glory to you, O Lord. I will exalt your name and shout hallelujah. What shall I render to you, My life I render. My life I render. My life I render. What shall I render to you, O God? I will exalt your name and shout hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. If we had a thousand tongues, it would never ever be sufficient to give you the depths of our appreciation. We give you our lives, we surrender our hearts, 
Lord in heaven, we give you all the praise that you alone deserves. Take all the praise, our Father. And take all the glory. Thank you for the great work you're doing in this house. Thank you for the people that have labored day in and day out. Thank you for the sacrifices and the commitment they give to you. We return all the thanks and all the praise. And thank you for those who are here in person. And thank you for those who are watching as well online. We return all the thanks and all the praise unto you, our Father. Today we ask for a heart of gratitude. We ask for a grateful heart. A heart that in spite of all the circumstances of life, that will still be able to say, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we appreciate you. Take all the praise, our Father. Speak to us from your word. Let your word transform us. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. The Lord bless you. You may have your seats in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, we're going to be taking our text this morning. We're going to continue in the series on the topic we started last Sunday. A grateful heart. A grateful heart. So this, you could say that this is grateful heart. A grateful heart part two. And we took our text last Sunday from Psalms 105 verse 1. Psalms 105 and verse 1. And the Bible says, Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his greatness. It says, Let the whole world know what he has done. Let the whole world know what he has done. And we started last Sunday by talking about summarizing it into four things. We said that a grateful heart is a heart that is grateful. That expresses thanks and gratitude. That expresses appreciation for what has been done for him or for her. And we, and we said that a grateful heart is not really about the things we get. But it's about the heart that is grateful for the things. Not really about the possessions. But about the heart that is thankful for the little and for the large things. We said not only is it about the heart, but we also did say that a grateful heart is about a habit you choose to engage in. So we say gratitude is a habit. It's not a choice. Or rather, it's, it's a choice you make. It's a choice you make. And then we moved on from there and then we did say that, okay, hey, people who are grateful, they don't complain. What do they do? They move on. They move on. Even when they fail, they move on. With gratitude to God. Knowing that God is working at all things for their good. And then we crowned it up by saying that if you're grateful, if you have a grateful heart, then you're going to learn to proclaim it. So this morning, I would like to take it a little bit deeper. I'd like us to look at the text of scripture from the book of Psalms chapter 116 and verse 12. I hope we'll be able to wrap it up today, but if we don't, um, next Sunday is Christmas, so we'll probably talk a bit about Christmas within the context of gratitude. Psalms 116 and verse 12, we're reading from verse 12 to verse 14. I read from the New King James Version. It says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Say, I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. 
I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people. Sometimes it is good to read other translations of scripture. So that it gives you some clearer picture of what a scripture is talking about. So if you look at the passion translation of this scripture, it says in the TPT translation, so now, what can I ever give back to God? David was asking a question. I'm, I'm sure he was you know, thinking in his heart, out of the abundance of the blessings that God has done, what can I pay him back with? How can I repay him? How can I express my depths of gratitude to him? He said, for the blessings he poured out on me. And then he says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and do what? And praise him extravagantly. In other words, I can't repay him, but I can do what? I can express my appreciation. We may never ever be able, friends, to do what? To repay God for the things he has done for us. For saving our lives, for changing our lives, for empowering us, for making us who we are today. But there's something we can do. We can do what we can lift up a cup of gratitude, a cup of praise, a cup of appreciation to say, Lord, I thank you. What I can do is that I can praise you. And of course, he said, I will fulfill my vows I made in the presence of people. How many people know that God expects gratitude? God expects it. He does expect it. Jesus Christ said, I thought there were nine. I thought there were ten. Where is the nine? Or where are the nine? You know that was what Jesus was expecting that ten of them would come back and say, hey, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I, I, I had a very interesting encounter on Thursday. You know, a, a friend, not a friend now, a, a business partner that I do business with. And most of the time, he's the one doing all the job for me. He called me and I said, Israel, I'd like to see you. And I said, can't we just talk on phone? Why do you need to see me? Because I thought that he wanted to probably discuss some of the things that we were working on at the time. And he said, no, I'd just like to see you for about five minutes. So I gave him the map of the locations where I'll be. He said, I'm going to be in North York at so-so time. And I'm going to be in Mississauga at so-so time. And where do you want us to meet? He said, um, can I meet you in the Mississauga area? I said, okay, fine. I'll let you know when I'm going to be around. Did I ask this, you know, and on and on. So he calls me up, and then we met at a particular location. I sat in my car, and then he was on the other side of the passenger side. He said, wind down your car. Man, you're... So I wound down the car. I thought actually we were going to come down, and they just stand and I chat. And then he brought out a package, slipped it through the mirror, and handed it over to me. And said, Merry Christmas, and thank you for what you do. For the, for the shock of me, I was, I was lost for words. 
because I, if for anything, this guy does most, he does most of the job for me, so I should, I should be the one extending some greetings or some appreciation to him. So I smiled and I said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then as I took the package, one up and it left off and I was about to take off driving. I had a voice. You see how delighted you are because I was actually very delighted even without seeing what was inside. Oh, somebody could remember me to give me a gift in Christmas. Not a believer, an unbeliever, and that was the first time in this environment an unbeliever was giving me a gunje. <laughs> and those of you who don't understand what a gunje is, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> but but you see, I, I was I was I was I was so I was so impressed without opening it, without so opening it, and God saw the delight in my heart. And the next thing I heard was a voice saying to me, can you see how delighted you are for just something they are giving to you? I said, that is the way I'm delighted. When you thank me, even for the little things. God expects your gratitude, friends. Whether it is small or whether it is big, whether it is desired or whether it's undeserved, God expects your gratitude. He expects you to return and give him thanks. He expects me to return and give him thanks. He expects it. I think someone once said that, that the greatest duty of any man, he says there's no duty more urgent than the duty of returning to give thanks. How often do you return to give thanks even for the air you breathe? How often do you return? You know, there are certain times we take so many things for granted. A friend of mine passed on this year. I think that was the beginning of the year. He had COVID. And they were managing him in one of the isolation centers. And for some reason, they had these oxygen bottles, you know, attached, attached to him. When the oxygen bottle finished and the oxygen got finished, whether they didn't know or they were looking for oxygen to buy, and that was how it went. For lack of oxygen. Do you know that people pay for oxygen that you and I receive freely and enjoy freely? But how often do we return to giving thanks? How often do we return? How often do we return? David understood this principle and that was why he was writing in this scripture, King David. And he was saying, he says, what shall I render? What shall I render? What shall I render? What, how can I repay you? For the blessings over my lives. How can I express the depths of my appreciation? If you look at your life, there are so many things that God has done for you and done for me. How do we return to give him thanks? Can you thank him for the health he's given to you? Can, can you thank him for the provisions he daily loads you with? Can you thank him for the protections he, he, he provides you on a day-to-day -day basis? 
If we, if, we can, if we can take account, I think the other day I was listening to the news. A family was just driving in the Brampton Axis, and one other guy just came running to them and killed about two of the children or three of the children inside the car. And the woman was only a survivor. But many of us, we drive out. We come back every day. We just think it's normal. Think it's normal. There are people who stand on the road and some vehicles just hit them, even in this environment. You know, sometimes we think it's only, it can only happen in Africa. You know, it can only happen in, Af- in Africa. They are, those guys, they don't know what they do there. They don't even know how to drive. They don't, know how, they don't have the skills. But you know, in North America, I think we organized. When was it that one guy just ran into the, you know, ran into people in downtown, ran through the covert and all that stuff, and took people down? So, friends, let's not take it for granted. Let's not take it for granted. We must always come to a place of, of gratitude where we say, I want to return to bring my praise, to bring my worship, to bring my acts of gratitude. There are three major drivers this morning that, that will make you look at the things that God has done and be grateful. And the more you begin to employ those three drivers, you realize that it, 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 it reinforces the blessings and the benefits of God much more in your life. The first thing, for every heart of gratitude or every grateful heart must be a reflective thinker. In other words, you must have a thankful reflection. You must always be a reflective thinker. Always think back. Look at the things that God has done in the past. Look at the things that God is doing in the present. Being a thankful re- re- thinker just simply means you're thinking about the goodness of what God has done for you till now. Sometimes my mind just goes back. There are many times that the devil would have knocked me out. Many times. I, remember, I, I, I can remember various instances. And that's why God wants you and I to eternalize and put memorials when he does things for us. He says to the children of Israel, when you cross the Jordan, take stones and do what lay them there so that when they ask you in future, you can say, oh, this is what God did. Friends, we must always be reflective thinkers. People who can think backwards and say, oh, what, how did God take me through this experience? Oh, where have I been coming from? And then when you think through those moments and those experiences in your life, you can say, thank God that God has kept me this far. God has sustained me this far. There are four lines of sight. When you're you're talking about being a thankful, having a thankful reflection of the things that God has done for you, you, you must have an hindsight as to what God has done. When David was faced with Goliath in his life, what made him, what made him overcome Goliath? He, he thought back, oh, I, I knew what God did. I'm grateful for that. And even though I'm facing this mountain, I'm grateful also because this mountain is going to come low. He could look backwards. To have a hindsight about what God has done is, is to look at things after the fact. To have an understanding of the event that have happened in your life and how God came through for you. Oh, there are times that I have driven on the road and I've slept off. I don't know, some of you are wonderful people. You don't sleep when you drive. 
<laughs> but I, I don't know how many people have. But there was one day that I was, I was, I was driving like this. I don't know how he managed. There was, there was this um, truck, you know, big truck. My eyes were wide awake. Suddenly, I got to the middle of the center of the truck. My eyes closed. It was after I finished passing the truck. I just said, hey, I slept off. What if, for instance, at that moment, my vehicle veered into the truck? Think about the things that God has done for you and do what and give thanks. Oh, maybe there have been times where you have, you have lacked resources. How did God come through for you? Give him thanks and give him appreciation. Not only should you have a hindsight of the things that God has done for you, also have a foresight. In other words, your ability to look forward and to say thank you. Your ability to look forward. And that is what keeps you going even when the moments are down. You're still able to thank God when the chips are down. When things doesn't seem to be working well. When things doesn't seem to be adding up. When the devil is telling you, oh, you're just messed up. You are looking forward and you're saying, I thank God for what God has done in my future. Because there's something he has in stock for you. In stock for our mean. And of course, thank God from the perspective of insight. Insight has to do with your deep knowledge and understanding of who God is. Your deep knowledge and understanding of who he is. So David was saying, what can I render? What can I render? And he took it up a step a bit. He says, hey, not only should I talk about what can I render. He said, I must not forget the benefits he has done for me. That's why he says in Psalms 103 verse 2, he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Friends, if we are grateful people, you must learn to speak to yourself even when the moments are down. Are there times in your life where you, are, you, you really, really feel low? You feel down. You are, you're asking yourself, oh, what in the world is going on? When, Lord, am I going to come out of this? Some of you are very spiritual people, but there are certain times some bout of heaviness comes on you, or it comes on me. And then I'm there and say, oh, I don't, what is going on here? What is going on here? But what, look at David. Let me say, hey, bless the Lord. In other words, when you are down, that is the time to do what? To speak to yourself and to say to yourself, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget it. Friends, don't forget the things that God has done. Oh, things may not have added up well, but don't forget the things he has done. Do you know that sometimes your situation is somebody else's prayer point? You know, some of, sometimes some of us are saying, oh Lord, uh, this, this, uh, this, uh, this um, cold has come again. Oh God, who sent me to Canada? <laughs> but some people are some people are ready. <laughs> Somebody was telling me the other day, saying, "Hey, hey, hey, Israel, I'm ready to pay 500 k. Just, just, just tell me what it is that I need to do. I don't mind spending about 500 thousand dollars if I can get a business um, something uh, immigrant uh, program, but you know, to come into. Friends, never forget the things he has done." And the challenge is, and I think I like to, I like to just let me just take it a bit deeper. Certain times, 
we don't appreciate God as much as he expects us to within the context of what he has done for us. And that is not good. If you look at the life of Ezekiel, is it Ezekiel or Ezekiah? Every time I read through that scripture, I say, Lord, please help me to come to a place when, when you do things for me, I should be able to appreciate you commensurately. Listen, friends, if, 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 if God does something for you, and you say, oh God, thank you, and it's not commensurate, that is an issue with God. It's an issue. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, reading from the NLT version, verse 25. 2 Chronicles 32, verse 25. He said, but Ezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him. And he became proud. He did not respond appropriately. So, so, so sometimes maybe they're doing praise and worship and you're doing... God may be saying, this guy is not responding appropriately. He did not respond appropriately. That means that there was a measure of appropriateness God was expecting in his response by the things, by the reason of what he did for him. So ask yourself, friends, just as I ask myself, what, what is the appropriateness of our responses to the things that God has done? How appropriate is it? I think the good news, the good news translation puts it this way. He said, but Ezekiah was too proud to show gratitude for what the Lord has done for him. Therefore, they suffered. Maybe the reason why some people are suffering today is because they're not showing enough, enough appreciation. Maybe. Maybe. So, so friends, we've we got to show commensurate appreciation. We've got to make up our mind. I'm going to express it big. I'm going to proclaim it big. I'm going to declare it well. I'm going to let men know that I do truly, truly appreciate this God. So be a reflective thinker and thank God and show the measure of appropriateness. In your dance, in your vocalizing of your thanksgiving, in your journalizing of it so that you can tell it to other people, and on and on, and on and on. May God give us that heart to be grateful. In the mighty name of Jesus. The, the second dimension of it is for you to have a grateful heart, you must recognize who you are for you to effectively be able to give thanks. You must recognize your worthiness or otherwise your unworthiness. You must. So your recognition of your unworthiness acknowledges the almightiness of God. For, for instance, if I think, oh, I'm okay, I'm, I think I'm just good. That means you're taking the glory. The Bible says that the best of us, we're what? We're sinners. It says, it says all of our righteousness, that's what scripture says. It says it's like filthy rags. And, 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 then, and then, you know, Apostle Paul puts it in, in proper perspective in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. Reading from verse 26 to verse 29, the, the NIV version puts it. It says, brothers and sisters, 
So just in case there's a doubt, he makes sure that nobody's excluded. Say, hey, brothers, listen. The sisters, you listen. He said, think of what you were when you were called. Some people, they pick them from the gutter when they call them. I mean, <laughs> but every one of us, they picked up from, we picked from somewhere. He says, he says, not many, not many were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were born of noble birth. Not many. He says, but God chose the foolish things. The things of the, to, you know, to shame the things of the world. And as a God chose the weak things of this world to do what to shame the strong. He says God chose the lowly things of this world to despise the things that have not. So that at the end of the day, no one can boast. No one can boast. He didn't choose the brightest. He didn't choose the best. In fact, if I look at my life and the things that God has done for me, uh, in, 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 my children were laughing at me the other day that um, maybe I should not go there. They asked me, Dad, what position were you carrying in school? <laughs> you know how when the children want to try you, they sort of tell you, say, ah, look, uh, Dad, why are you telling me I have to carry first? <laughs> what position were you carrying in school? <laughs> we were not among the best. Maybe some of you, I can see some people who are, you know, who are indigent students. Praise God. Praise God. But you see, many of us were not the best. We were not among the most influential. Oh, we were not given back to in Buckingham Palace. We're not among the high in the society. Obviously not. But, but there's something about God that out of the nothingness of my life, he still picked me up. He picked you up. Messed up life, but he picked us up. That is why, friends, if there's nothing else we must be glad about, you must be glad for the fact that he took you from who you are and made you who you are right now. The Bible says he plucked us from darkness and caused us to sit in heavenly places with him in Christ Jesus. Even now, many of us, they have struggles. They have challenges. But if he does what? He wraps his hand around you. So David puts it in proper perspective in Psalms 85 and verse 10. He says, mercy and truth met each other. Have you ever read through that scripture and thought about it? I mean, looked at it from a different perspective. Mercy and truth met each other. And yet mercy prevailed over truth. Sometimes the mercy of God, when he meets the truth of the reality of your emptiness, that's what makes the difference. That's what makes the difference. Amongst all, all of us, at the best of us, we are but nothing. Within the context of the truth of your struggles, God says, hey, my mercy, we meet you there. That was why when Paul was crying and said, Lord, please, can you take away this thorn off my flesh? You know, God said to him, my grace, you know, that was my mercy is sufficient within the context of who you are. I, I'm not looking necessarily about who you are in the emptiness of you. I'm looking at my mercy that stamps and meets the truth of your life. 
That's why, friends, we've got to be forever grateful to him. You see, the God of Abraham, Isaac, not Israel, Jacob. May God grant us understanding. You see, when you come from that perspective, what that helps you to do is that it helps you to put your head down. Some people are too big. They feel, oh, I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. How, how, what? They, they pride themselves over nothing. Oh, oh my, my abilities got me here. Oh, I'm just smart. I'm strong. I'm good. Oh, I'm not saying you should bring down yourself in terms of the confidence level you have. But hey, the best of us, if not grace, we're nothing. Grace makes a difference. So when we understand the grace of God at work in our lives, what should we do? Bring gratitude to God. Bring appreciation. Bring worship. Bring thanks. Bring him thanks. And then the last but not the least for the sake of my time. That will help us cultivate a grateful heart. We must always remember that everything about this life is transient. Possessions are transient. Positions are transient. Money is transient. Career is transient. School is transient. Everything, you know, is like a fleeting vapor that comes and it goes. I remember so, so, you know, so many years ago when I was in High school, just like many of you who are in, some of you who are in high school now. Say, oh Lord, please, when am I going to leave high school? I want to be like mom and dad so that I can just sit down and then uh, things will just be working. I don't have to read. Nobody will have to push me to come and read, you know, and all of that. You know? Or when I was in university, I said, oh, when, can, when am I going to graduate so that it could, you know, I just begin to earn some good money and then rock town and enjoy myself. But I realize that for every face you enter, there are different demons for every face. <laughs> so when you leave high school and you enter into university, you realize, ah, when am I going to leave this face? Now you enter into the working life, you say, hi, this is how it is. When are these bees going to stop coming? <laughs> And then, and then you're praying, oh, God, please, can you give me more money? So that when you give me more money, you know, I can be able to meet up these bills. And ironically, as the more money comes, you realize that more things are taking it. That's why the scriptures says vanity upon vanity. Everything is what? Everything is vanity. Oh, oh, Lord, please give me that job. Give me that job. Lord, if you give it to me, I'll be made. Then suddenly the job comes. This is all. This is all. This is all. Somebody told me a story sometimes back. I said, was praying. Say, ah, pastor, pastor, I need to marry. I need to marry. I need to marry. I need to marry. I said, chill. Just chill. He said, no, pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. I need to marry. I need to marry. Everybody's marrying. I said, relax. Because if you rush in there, you... Six months after marriage, I said... Hafa, say, Pastor, you didn't tell me like, like this. 
understanding of the fact that everything is transient should give you a better appreciation of the fact. The Bible says that all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of what the sons of God because a time is going to come where God is going to wipe away all of these things and introduce something new. And that is where your hope should be. And that should be what should give you joy and gratitude. Because there's, there's something better. There's something ahead. Something glorious. Oh, if you place your joy or your gratitude based on the substance you have. I have seen people who had a lot of money overnight. Everything is gone. Oh, yes. Everything gone. Everything gone. Everything gone. I've seen people who are rich one day and the next moment they're bankrupt. In fact, in this environment, people, people are not even, they're quick to declare bankruptcy. They bankrupt one company, bankrupt another one, and then open up another one. So if you, if you based on your gratitude only on the resources, what about Job? Everything went in one day. Does it mean that it doesn't happen to Christians? It does happen to Christians. If you base everything, your joy and your gratitude only on the children. I've seen people, believers, strong believers who lost children. Lost job, lost health. Lost beautiful marriages. So friends, that, that must not be the substance of the things we should place our joy. And it should not be the reason why we should be grateful. Yes, we should add that as part of gratitude, but it should not be dependent on that because when it is dependent on that, when it's not there, then you become unhappy. Oh Lord, you did, but you didn't give me this one now. Oh Lord, but you didn't give me this one now. Jesus Christ taught a very important principle in the book of Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. He said, then he said to them, he says, beware. In other words, watch out. He says, watch out. He says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. He said, for life does not consist in the abundance of a man's possession. He was saying in other words that real life is not defined by what you have or what you don't have. That's not what determines or defines real life. That's not what defines it. So the question is what defines it? And, and this should be the source of our gratitude. What defines it is what is ahead. The Bible says, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he did what? He carried, you may be suffering, but you are smiling. You may be crying, but you are grateful. You may be painful, but you are glad. Why? Because suddenly this mortality, we do what? We put on immortality. Because suddenly this pains will be wiped away. Because suddenly this situation will come to an end. Because suddenly there's something that lies ahead. The Bible says no man can take it from you. Because the father gave it to you. People can take things from you. People can steal from you. People can dispossess you. People can cheat you. The enemy can even rob you of stuff. But see, what the Father has given to you, He's faithful to keep it for you. If you're also faithful to stay with Him. And that is why, friends, for you to be grateful or have that heart of gratitude, you must look forward. 
you must look forward. Jesus Christ was going to the cross. But see, he was not going through the pains of the cross. He was doing what he was looking forward. The Bible says, for the joy that was set ahead. In other words, friends, every time in the moments of your life where things doesn't seem to be adding up, what should you do? Look forward. Look ahead. Look ahead. Maybe somebody is asking a question right now. But Pastor, what is there to look forward to in a world full of crisis? What is there to look forward to when COVID is, you know, mutating? They move from C-19 to D. They move from D to me to O. When God knows where they're going to move to. <laughs> where they're going, where they're going to move to. What is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? Somebody was telling me in one program that I went to, I said, like, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I, don't, I can't find who to marry. <laughs> I said, come, I will show you. <laughs> well, Pastor, I'm, I'm really, really serious. I'm really serious. The, the, the good ladies have all gone. Where have they gone? They are there. Oh, oh, the good men, have all, they've all been taken. What is there to look forward to? The careers have all gone. Maybe there's even a mark of saying, hey, uh, you have an accent. How can I get a good career? What's there to look forward to? In a system that even admits of systemic racism. What's there to look forward to? But you see, the things to look forward to should not be the context of what we see around us. It should be within the context of what God has said in his word. That's what to look forward to. And that is why scripture becomes important. It, it says, and here is good news for someone hearing the sound of my voice. It says in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, you may not have anything to look forward to, but there's something I am thinking about you. God is saying he's thinking about you. He's thinking about me. He says his thoughts for you, his thoughts for me. He said they are thoughts of good. They are thoughts of peace, not of evil. He says to give you what? To give you a future and a hope. I see somebody under the sound of my voice. God is going to give you a colorful future. He's going to give you a colorful future. He's going to give you a colorful future. And you see, it, 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 Proverbs 23 verse 18 begins to make it a little bit clearer. It says that future you are looking forward to is bright. It says your future is bright and filled with a lively hope which will never fade away. Proverbs 23 and verse 18. Eight. In other words, let the devil be a liar. As far as God is concerned, concerning you, your future is bright. It's filled with hope. Even when people are saying this is a hopeless situation. That's what he's saying. That is what he's saying. He says in Psalms 37 and verse 25, you know, David began to recount. He says, I, I was young. He says, now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children beg for bread. In other words, your children will be better than you and I. Our children will be better than us. That's why he says our children will not beg for bread. In verse 26 of Proverbs 37, he says, they will always, they are always generous. And learn freely. Very soon, out of throne of grace, people will be writing one million dollar check to people. Freely lending. 
freely, generously lending. I said, okay, just use it for business. And then after you can bring back the change. You can bring it back. May God take you there. May God take you there. In the mighty name of Jesus. And, and I like this scripture very well, which, which defines the summary of everything that God has in stock for you and I. In Psalms 37 and verse 37, I like the way the Passion Translation puts it. But it says, mark a righteous person. Mark him. So look, tell somebody, mark me. Tell someone else, mark me. Those of you who are watching online, tell, 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 put it out there, mark me, mark me, mark me. What would be your end? Because see, it's good for you and I to know what our end is. If, if, if I don't know where my, what my end is, there's a, there's a tendency to think, oh, everything is going to be all bad. No. But look at what scripture says in the Passion Translation. It says, mark the end. Mark the end. Say, but I can tell you who is the blameless and spiritually matured. What a different story they have. In other words, you have a different story. Tell somebody else, I have a different story. Tell someone else, I have a different story. And what is this story? He says, the godly ones will have what? A peaceful, a prosperous future with a happy ending. Is somebody hearing the sound of my voice? What kind of future are you having? Prosperous, happy ending. What kind of future are you having? So shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, this God sometimes is very wonderful. And every time I think about this, it just sometimes makes me bust, break out in tears just to appreciate him. He concludes it by saying this. Just imagine. Imagine what kind of future you want to have. So many of us have kind of dreams. Some of us will have a dream that, okay, I want to build a mansion like a white house where I will have over 600 staff you know, in my mansion. Some of us will have crazy dreams. Crazy. Some of us, our dream is, hey, I want to be in Honolulu, you know, six months of the year, and then the next six months I'll be in Tokyo. And then after that, I just want to tour the world. You know, I don't know how many people have watched this bucket list. There's this movie called Bucket List. Well, some, some two crazy guys, just, they just drew up a list of what they want to do. You know, the kind of future they want. They just say, want to rock themselves. Then they started ticking off one, you know, after the other. You know, and, and, and I found it very, very interesting. Today I watched it. You know, so many of us may have a bucket list of the things we want to do. But, but God is saying, imagine what you want or desire. And look at how he puts it in the book of First Corinthians, chapter 2 and verse 9. He says, what no eyes have seen, not what no ears have heard, what has not even entered into the hearts of men. He says, he says that is the things that God has prepared for those who love him. He says, what no eyes have seen, nor have entered into the hearts of men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. This is serious. No wonder he says, I go to prepare a place. And that's the reason why he came in the first instance. And that's the reason why we're celebrating Christmas. God has seen ahead the glory that is ahead. The beauty that is ahead. The things that he's going to prepare for you and I. 
So let me go and save these people because they must partake in this glory. They must partake in it. Then he came, he died for you and I, then he went back. And he says, I go to prepare a place so that where I am, you will be also. So that at the end of the day, imagine it, you can't fathom it. You can't. You can't. Because there's nothing else that can compare with it. And friends, if there's nothing else to give God thanks for, it is the fact that one day, one day, one day, we won't be talking about cold. We'll be walking the streets of gold. One day, we won't be talking about pains. But we'll be doing what? We'll be binding and worshiping before the throne of the master. One day, it will not be issues of waking up to do three jobs to survive. Is be bowing down before the throne of the master and saying, Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you praise. But do you know, friends, that this was offered to you and I on the platter of gold? That's why we must be forever grateful. Why not bow your heads now? Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.